Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you will receive 15% off your next order. I am James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArko underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. We'd like to welcome in all of our new and our returning listeners. If you are a new listener, go ahead and hammer that subscribe button and please leave a five-star review and help other Buccaneers fans find us. On today's episode here, starting off the week at the Lockdown Bucks podcast, Bucks Nation, you helped us answer the question of the week and it's Mock Draft Monday. But first, like the great Meatloaf once said, one out of three ain't bad. And it was enough to send Drew Brees off into retirement after spending 20 years as an NFL quarterback, the final 15 with the New Orleans Saints. Here now is Ross Jackson of the Locked On Saints podcast reacting to the official announcement, which came Sunday afternoon via Drew Brees' Instagram account. What is good, everybody? Ross Jackson here with the Locked On Saints podcast. It is official. New Orleans Saints quarterback Drew Brees has officially and publicly announced his retirement. The 20-year veteran will call it quits after 15 seasons with the New Orleans Saints after joining them in 2006 and helping to rejuvenate a historically otherwise struggling franchise and, of course, leading them to hoisting a Lombardi in 2009. And although he never got his second Super Bowl appearance, he will still finish up his career as the career leader in completions as well as passing yardage in second on the charts when it comes to passing touchdown. This now also allows the New Orleans Saints this offseason to be able to navigate a little bit more freely without any concern of making any signings or moves that might signal Drew Brees' retirement before he's ready to make the announcement. And of course, Drew Brees already playing his role in making sure he has a lasting effect into 2021, taking a near $24 million pay cut earlier on in the season to make sure that the Saints have the room to remain competitive as they move out of the Drew Brees era and potentially into the Jameis Winston era. For more on that, and anything else going on with the New Orleans Saints, make sure you subscribe to Locked on Saints podcast on the radio.com app or wherever you get your podcast. Thank you to Ross for the audio. And yeah, I mean, it was a storied career. It was a historic career, but Drew Brees just wasn't the same as he had been in years past. And we saw that in the playoff game against the Buccaneers. And it looked like it was time for him to go ahead and be done. I, look, I mean, Drew Brees is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Seeing him leave the NFL is sad for a lot of people. Seeing him leave the NFC South is not a sad occasion for anyone but New Orleans Saints fans. But it'll be interesting to see what they do at the quarterback position, whether it's Taysom Hill, whether it's Jameis Winston, or whether it's somebody else. Yeah, I don't think anybody can deny, you know, the impact that Drew Brees had on the NFL during his time uh, in the league, and then especially with the New Orleans Saints. I mean, the, the timing, I guess, couldn't have been more perfect. Obviously, you, you don't want negative things to happen, but to have a quarterback like that as dedicated as he is, the, the partnership he had with Peyton uh, to, to make this team work the right way. I mean, it just kind of all snowballed, uh, again, just kind of at the right time. You don't you don't wish disasters on anybody, but if there's going to be, you always look for those heroes, the, 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 the silver lining, as they like to say it. And Drew Brees definitely has been that for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, and he's been a thorn in the side of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers ever since he entered the division. And, you know, again, the Buccaneers, obviously, for, for rock, classic rock enthusiasts, don't kill me. Yes, I know he didn't say... One out of three ain't bad, but 
you know, beating Drew Brees once uh, in 2020, beating the Saints once in 2020, um, sending him off into retirement the way that he did. And and I think it was Carmen Vitale actually tweeted out, it, it, forgive me if it's not, but uh, Drew Brees' final pass completion of his career to Buccaneers safety Mike Edwards. So a little bit of poetic justice for Buccaneers fans, but, you know, Drew Brees is going to go down as one of the greatest to ever do it. Uh, remembered for that, he will be in Canton in five years and uh, deservingly so. All right. Well, David, before we get to mock draft Monday, I have to tell you a quick little story. On Saturday, I decided to go over to bet online and bet on a three team parlay. I took Illinois, I took Ohio State, and I took Georgetown, and I hit. And you can do things like that over at betonline.ag. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NCAA, the NHL, and now March Madness are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality television with real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with promo code locked on. Again, use promo code locked on and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. March Madness is here, and that means bracket challenges are going to be everywhere. Join our Locked On Listener Bracket Challenge group on ESPN. Submit your March Madness picks. Beat your favorite hosts. And if you win, you will get a guest appearance on Locked On Today, our new daily news podcast. The link to join is in the show notes of this episode. So get your picks in today. Segment two here at the Locked On Bucks podcast. David Harrison and James Yarko on Twitter at dharrison82 and at jyarko underscore bucks. And James, we have a new member of the Bucks Nation family over at bucksnation.com. His name is Mike Keywalk. He and I go back uh, to the very beginning of my sports writing, sports journalism, new media days, whatever you want to call it. But you and Mike are kind of just getting acquainted as Mike joins the staff. Uh, and one of his first articles dropping on BucksNation.com was a big one. It was a mock draft, the first mock draft on the site done by the site this offseason. And I'm so excited because usually I'm the mock draft guy for the site. I think Evan uh, did some last year, but very, very happy that Mike gets to take that man. So I will be doing some mock drafts, but very happy that Mike gets to be the mock draft guy uh, because it's 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 a it's a task, and I don't. It's not that I don't like doing it, but I'm glad that there's another guy on here just as enthusiastic about doing them, so that some of the weight is off of my shoulders. Yeah, absolutely, and I think Mike is going to do a great job for us over at Bucks Nation. He actually had two articles drop on Sunday, his first two, and one of them was this pre-free agency Buccaneers seven-round mock, which I think he did a great job of. And David, let's go ahead and dive right in. In the first round, he actually had the Buccaneers trade out. They traded the 32nd overall pick to San Francisco along with pick 217, which is their sixth-round compensatory pick for number 43 overall and number 103 overall in the 2021 NFL Draft. The trade was offered by San Francisco on the Pro Football Network mock draft machine. Yeah, interesting concept. I mean, you you know, I mean, James, you and I have been team trade back in almost every single draft. I go back to 
our first network-wide mock draft where we traded out of pick number five, thinking, you know what, we'll get Devin Bush or we'll get Devin White at number, I think we traded back to 11, and by the time we actually got to 11, all the guys we wanted were gone, and we're kind of sitting there left holding the bag, and rightfully so, our listeners kind of gave us a hard time for it. And, and you know, sometimes trades don't work out, so it's interesting anytime you do see a trade, even a mock trade or a trade in real life is especially interesting. Uh, but for this one, Trading back, you you get another third-round pick out of this. You give up your six-round compensatory pick. To me, compensatory picks are free chicken. You didn't have them in the first place. So when you spend them, you're really spending you know free money. It's it's you're you're playing with house money, uh, as gamblers like to say. So I don't I don't mind the, the trade at all. You do want that fifth round or that fifth year option if you can get it, but uh, accruing another third-round pick is always important. And with this trade, the 43rd pick in the NFL draft is the first one that they end up making, and they use it on North Carolina running back Javante Williams, five foot ten, 220 pounds, again, out of North Carolina. And Mike wrote, quote, you get strong. Nick Chubb vibes from watching Williams run with intensity, vision, contact balance, and deceptive speed. He's not going to juke defenders out of their shoes while leaving defenders in the dust on a routine basis but he understands the importance of subtle body motions to make defenders hesitate while wasting no motion of his own, end quote. And if that doesn't get you in on the Williams train, then I don't know what else will. He is, he's, he's, he's been mocked to this team before, not in this fashion in, in the previous mocks that I've seen him mock to the Buccaneers, but this is a good pairing with Ronald Jones. He's not a Leonard Fournette guy, but he brings some of the qualities that Leonard Fournette brings while mixing in some of the qualities that Ronald Jones also has. So it's kind of a perfect combination. And then Keyshawn Vaughn being that third back, I think you have a really good young running back room. If Ronald Jones explodes on the scene and wants a lot more money, you have a good guy to turn to in the process as you continue stockpiling your room. So I like the pick, and it makes good on the trade because that's a guy you could target at 32. But here you get him and you net a third-round pick. Yeah, I'm a big fan of this pick, David, and and I think Javante is going to be one of the better backs in this class. I do like the idea of taking a running back at 32 and getting that fifth-year option, but in this scenario, you get that extra pick. I like the move. Uh, and David, I know you did this on purpose. We're going to go ahead and dive into the second round here with the 64th overall pick. He's a Buckeye defensive tackle, Tommy Togai? No, that's just the way the cookie crumbled. Look, I went, I alternated. You went with the first move, which was the trade. I went with the next move. You go to the next. That's just how, how it worked out, buddy. All right, fair enough. Well, we know Ohio State can do some things right, and one of those things that they can do right is they can churn out defensive talent. So Mike says, quote, while he's not the biggest defensive tackle, he packs a lot of quickness and power in his frame. He's especially stout in his lower body, where he's able to anchor and generate push at the line of scrimmage to disrupt the run game. He's shown a consistent ability to throw offensive linemen off base with leverage and swift hands, and he has progressed as a pass rusher enough to suggest that he could become adequate in that area as a pro, end quote. This sounds to me, David, like the perfect rotational guy for Todd Bowles and that defense, you have you have old Tommy T rotating in with Indomic and Sue, with Vita Vea, with Nacho. You know, this is this seems like schematically a really good fit for the Buccaneers and somebody with some upside that can continue to develop under the um, tutelage of Coach Lowe. Yeah, absolutely. And I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's pronounced Tommy Tugier. Yeah, and and everything that Mike said here, look. Ohio State doesn't have the greatest reputation of, of producing interior defensive linemen, but they do have a pretty good reputation of having a solid defensive front. And you kind of have to believe somewhere it's not always the Nick Bosa's or the Chase Young's of the world that are making that defensive front. 
everything that it is. And this is a this is a good smart pick. Kind of like the way that Mike frames it, where it's a developmental guy who can play a role in his rookie season, but then eventually can turn into a starter with the right tutelage. And yeah, you you hit the nail on the head. You got coaches in Tampa that like to teach, and you've got a young player who who is pre- presumably in, uh, intelligent enough to to adapt to pro style schemes. And he's he's coachable and he's trainable. Um, I typically don't like taking guys that you kind of know you have to develop into your scheme in the second round. I kind of look for those guys in third. I'm still looking for for like impact playmakers to kind of fit what we do already versus having to turn them into what we do. But again, not knowing what PFN had on the board, um, I like to pick generally speaking, depending on who was left. And then as we move into the third round, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers actually end up picking 86th overall. But James, that comes because they traded, they packaged the 96th overall pick, the 177th overall pick to move up with the Tennessee Titans for that 86th overall pick, now giving them three picks in the top 100, top 90 picks, really. That trade was proposed by Mike to the Tennessee Titans on the PFN mock draft machine, and PFN's simulator had the Titans accept that deal. So Jason Light, we already know he loves to play the draft game. He loves to trade up and down the board. He has them here trading up uh, to the 86th overall pick. Yeah, and with that pick, he picks a guy who's six foot three, two hundred and forty-three pounds out of the U, and that is edge rusher Quincy Roche. Uh, Mike says here, "quote Light has consistently shown a good feel for moving up or down the draft board, so it wouldn't be a surprise to see him move up in this range to get a player he likes after backing out of the first round." In this scenario, he gives up picks ninety-six and one seventy-seven to former cohort John Robinson to swap places with the Titans and grab Miami edge Quincy Roche. Now, I, I think this would be another great pick. This is another kind of rotational guy. Obviously, you're taking him in the third round, but I absolutely love this pick too. I like I like the idea of the Buccaneers going for a running back early because you know outside of Ronald Jones and Keyshawn Vaughn, you know, they need another running back. I don't understand why people are talking on social media about how they don't need a running back, but now they're focusing on the trenches. They're focusing on the line. They're focusing on the pass rush. And I love the direction that this draft is, is going in. And I think Quincy out of, out of the U could be an absolutely phenomenal fit rotating in, helping out on that Todd Bowles pass rush. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, and Mike did write in another part of, of this column, you know, that quote doesn't camp, encapsulate everything that he wrote, but he did write, you know, obviously if Shaquille Barrett doesn't return, then the need for an edge rusher moves up and, and perhaps the Buccaneers make that move sooner than the third round, but kind of looking at the roster as it seems to be developing. We know Shaq wants to come back. We know the Bucks want him back. This move makes a lot of sense, and it gives you that depth. Now you got him, and you got Anthony Nelson. So if JPP decides to retire, you assume Shaq's coming back on a multi-year deal, so you don't have to worry about replacing the one side. So if JPP retires next year or whatever happens in the future, you can never really tell with these things. You've got two young guys who have a lot of potential, a lot of talent, and again, this defensive staff can kind of turn them into what they want to be. And speaking of future talent to be developed, staying in the third round with the 103rd overall pick, the Buccaneers here take offensive tackle Brady Christensen out of BYU. 6'6", 300 pounds. Mike writes, quote, Josh Wells has served as a primary backup at swing tackle for Tampa in recent years. That said, he's 30 years old and doesn't offer significant upside. It'd be wise to invest in a higher quality depth slash developmental player which perfectly describes Brady Christensen, end quote. And, yeah, I, I agree with Mike completely here. Uh, Josh Wells, for everything that he has been and hasn't been, he's pretty much peaked, right? He's kind of – we kind of know what you're going to get out of Josh Wells. There's not a whole lot of un, 
untapped into potential there uh, with Josh. So he's he's just kind of the guy that he comes in. He's solid. He's not going to kill you necessarily, but he's not going to make you better if you need to lean on him. But Christensen is a guy who comes in, adds that depth. You can never have too many pass protectors or run blockers. And then as a staff, you have time without the pressure of having to play him early. You have the time to develop him again, let him focus on his strengths and get better in those areas, but then take his weaknesses and make them strengths. Yeah, another pick in the trenches. I absolutely love it. You can never have too much depth. As we saw last year, you saw Ali Marpet miss some games. You saw Joe Haig struggle. You saw A.Q. Shipley suffer a career-ending injury. You saw Alex Kappa get hurt. And you had these guys stepping up and making big plays and helping the Buccaneers out on a championship run. Another, another good pick by Mike, in my opinion. David, let's go ahead and round out the rest of this mock draft real quick. Not going to dive too deep into it. But in the fourth round, the Buccaneers take center Michael Manet out of Penn State. Another trenches pick. I love it. And then in the seventh round, he has them taking punter James Smith out of the University of Cincinnati. That kid has a cannon for a leg. And if you're paying a seventh rounder to punt, guess what you're not doing? Paying Bradley Pinion almost $3 million for the next two years. And finally, they round out the draft with linebacker Grant Stewart out of Houston. Yeah, I mean, you can't argue with, you know, especially those mid to late round draft picks are all kind of developmental guys and you're looking for special teamers. And, and like you said, James Smith is known for having a pretty good leg. So he could be a pretty good fit for the Buccaneers. Hopefully you don't need him all that much anyway. But if you do, you'd like to know that you have a guy with a cannon back there. Now you just got to develop him into that directional kicking stud uh, that every team wants in their punter. And that's going to wrap up our review, our mock draft Monday review of Mike Kewok's BucksNation.com mock draft. Head over to BucksNation.com, read the entirety. He's got quotes and he's got comments and analysis on all these picks, guys. So go head over there, check out what Mike has, and then you get to grade him. You get to tell him his first mock draft ever on BucksNation.com. You get to tell him how bad it sucks. But what we know you're not going to say sucks because if you have it, if you've tried it, you're going to enjoy it. It's Built Bar, and right now we're in the midst of Built Bar madness. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. It's amazing. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. It's amazing tasting with 100% chocolate covering every single bar. Now it's time to find out which Built Bar is the best. We've been in the midst of this tournament. People have been voting. Hopefully you guys have been voting. We've been voting and the matchups are only getting harder and harder to determine who the winner is. Go to builtbar.com or to at built underscore bar on Twitter to cast your vote. And while you're at builtbar.com, remember to use promo code locked 15 and you will get 15% off your next order. That's locked 15 to get 15% off your next order of the best tasting protein bars you will ever try at builtbar.com and then check back to see who won today's and the matchups moving forward as we figure out which bar will be the best tasting protein bar of them all wrapping things up here on a monday edition of the locked on bucks podcast when you're done listening to us make sure that you don't miss the biggest stories from around the nfl on mondays locked on nfl there's local experts covering the biggest stories from around the league from big wins shocking endings top performances and unexpected developments You get in-depth analysis and insightful breakdowns from those in the know every Monday on Locked On NFL. Subscribe to Locked On NFL wherever you get your podcast. David, it's time to recap last week's question of the week where we asked, money is no object. You're playing Madden. You've turned off the salary cap in the settings. Who is the one free agent you would want the Buccaneers to sign and uh, we got a couple of voicemails, David. Yeah, we sure did, James. And the first one is coming from a very familiar voice. All these come from familiar voices. We want to hear more new voices, but we do love our, our regulars, such as guys like Tyler out in Boston. 
What's up, boys? Tyler from Boston. Uh, answering your question about which current free agent I'd like to see the Bucks add to the roster. And I personally would like to see us add Shaquille Griffin. Shaquille Griffin, he's been in the league for a few years, but he's still really young. He's only in his 20s. Um, you know, I wouldn't say he's an elite corner, but, uh, you know, even though the boys won a Super Bowl, I think we could use a little bit of corner help. So why not bring a hometown kid born and raised in St. Pete, um, you know, bring in Shaquille Griffin. And I think you might even be able to get him at a good price. I'm not sure exactly what he's going for, but I know we're in cap hell right now <laughs> because of, um, you know, projections of where the cap is. So, well, I guess we should, I shouldn't say we're in cap hell. The Saints are in cap hell, but we're, you know, we're pretty strapped for cash. So, you know, Shaquille Griffin might be a cheap option. I think an honorable mention should be Patrick Peterson. I know he had a down year, but he has experience with Bruce Arians. He's a veteran corner, someone who may be able to, uh, coach up our young guys and you know you can get him cheap because he had a bad year but i you know before patrick peterson i would say hey make a run for shaquille griffin all right tyler appreciate the phone call man and i'll tell you i i like where your mind is at uh, i know last year in the offseason then even in the nfl draft we kind of wondered were the buccaneers going to add any veteran presence uh to the cornerback room it's a very young group carlton davis is the most experienced and, and don't get me wrong he's got some good experience and some good upside to him but he's not exactly what you would call an aged veteran. So we're all kind of wondering if there was going to be any veteran leadership. The Buccaneers decided to stand pat, and I can't I can't think otherwise that Todd Bowles basically said, my cornerbacks are good, just bring me another play, making free safety, and we got this thing in the bag. And, I mean, hey, it worked out. So you can't argue with the uh, the results. But then Patrick Peterson is obviously an interesting name. I mean, as soon as, as soon as Bruce Arians got hired, James, everybody was wondering how long it was going to take for Patrick Peterson to wear a Buccaneers uniform. This could be the offseason. My, my question about Patrick – is more about what role would he fill, one, and what role would he be willing to fill, number two, because I really like him, James, as a free safety cornerback, kind of a floater guy, right? It's like, okay, let's let's see what the team we're facing. Let's see what kind of sets they like to use, how they like to attack defenses, and then, Patrick, where can we fit you in? Can we, do we put you outside? You know, do we do we keep you outside and then move Sean Murphy Bunting into the inside? Do, how do we how do we use Jamel Dean? How do we use Patrick Peterson here? Do we do we bring Antoine Winfield down closer to the box and then keep Patrick up over top as the one as a single high safety? Like it just kind of brings a little bit more versatility to the group. But at the same time, when you have that type of situation, you're going to have games and situations and moments where Pat P is going to be standing on the sideline and and is he ready? to accept that type of role. That's really my biggest question for Patrick Peterson. So I like both the ideas. And then James, we can get into Yusef as well because he sent in a reaction. Hey guys, this is Yusef out here in Phoenix. So no cap hit. Doesn't exist for one player and one player only. I am choosing Chris Godwin all day for two reasons, his age. And secondly, and this kind of goes in with his age, we can maximize his talent with Tom Brady at center. There's no other quarterback I would want to play with than Tom Brady um, to get me back deep into the playoffs, possibly a Super Bowl. I'm a Tom Brady homer, for FYI. Um, loved him since he entered the league, so I've always rooted for him as a player. So kind of a homer answer, but um, I would choose Chris Godwin all day. This also gives the Bucks the opportunity to focus their energy elsewhere with the other free agents that they want to resign, you know, in-house. So, um, don't know if that was exactly the question. Maybe I cheated there a little bit, but I was taking it as one player and one player only with no cap. So, anyways, guys, um, thanks for uh, the conversation and uh, go Bucks. 
Yusef, thank you for the call. I don't hate this, David. I mean, we said one free agent, and we didn't say you couldn't bring back one of your own, and the Bucks have some of the best players reaching free agency. Well, not Godwin or Levante in this instance, but they had some of the most desired players getting ready to enter free agency. So I completely accept that answer. And uh, I, I support Yusef and his ability to do that. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think, you know, the franchise tag is one thing. It's good to have him, have him back for a year. But I think the Buccaneers would agree, too. And I think a lot of people agree if you could re-sign Chris to an extended contract to three, four, five, even, you know, six years. I mean, let's just, let's just do a lifetime deal for young Chris Godwin. Um, I think everybody would take that as well. So, yeah, good answer on you, Yusef. And then, of course, James, you and I have to give our answers. Do you want to go first? You want me to go first? I can go first. All right. My response to this is purely for selfish and emotional reasons. Two of my all-time favorite NFL players do not have Super Bowl rings. And those players are Larry Fitzgerald and Adrian Peterson. I understand that neither one of them would add a whole lot to the Buccaneers. They would be role players. They would see minimal playing time. But for them to have the ability to potentially make a run here and win a Super Bowl to cap off their Hall of Fame careers, I think would be fantastic. I, I would love to see either one of them in a Buccaneers uniform and to be able to hoist a Lombardi trophy. Yeah, I mean, I'm all in on Larry Fitzgerald. Like if, if the Buccaneers could bring Larry Fitzgerald in for a Super Bowl run, I'd be all about it. And you you want to see him, I think as a football purist, you want to see him win it in a Cardinals uniform just because that just makes the most sense. But, I mean, look, J.J. Watt may, may know more than I do about football, but I don't view the Cardinals as a competitor. So, I mean, uh, unless something drastic is changing there in Arizona, uh, I think Arizona is at least two or three years away from being a true contender to the crown, even in their own division, let alone Super Bowl. So, that is what it is. Uh, yeah, if Larry Legend came over, I would be all on board for it. The angle that I took was looking at this team, looking at where maybe they could use a little bit of help and some youth and, so, and some exuberance. And I definitely didn't look internal. I didn't look. I took this as a non-Buccaneers free agent. Uh, so, yeah, on, on us, we didn't really specify, specify, but that's kind of the angle I took. I'm going with Curtis Samuel. And no, it's not because, you know, Ohio State Buckeyes, so don't even go there with me. It's because of the versatility and the Swiss Army Knife talent that he brings to the field. Matt Rule really kind of tapped into it. And look, Curtis Samuel had a 1,000 yards total from scrimmaging. He did it running. He did it receiving. He did it short. He did it long. He did it inside the tackles. He did it outside the tackles. He did a little bit of everything. James, what does this Buccaneers coaching staff love in a player that starts with the letter V? Versatility. Versatility. And Curtis Samuel is one of the league's definitions of versatility, this young man can do a little bit of everything. He is going to cost too much for a team like the Buccaneers to bring him in as a third and sometimes even fourth option because when you want the straight line speed on the on the on the manned up corner on the single high safety, I still think you use Scotty Miller over Curtis. So sometimes he's gonna be a fourth option. So yes, he costs way too much money uh, to do it. So that's why I took advantage of this situation of this question. Curtis Samuel is my pick for this question of the week. All right. Well, David, that will wrap it up for us, but we have to give everyone one more question of the week to send in their emails and voicemails. And that question this week, given that today is the start of the open negotiating window, legal tampering period, whatever you want to call it, there's going to be a lot of money thrown around at a lot of different players this week. And it's always these massive deals where guys get overpaid and a lot of times teams end up regretting it. So I want to know which Buccaneers free agent signing do you feel was the worst one and why? 
I think there's a lot of great candidates here, David. And uh, I'm you're really, talking in history. Yes. Okay. Through the history of the Buccaneers franchise, which free agent signing was the worst free agent signing, and why? I just view some of the worst free agent signings as comical at this point. So yeah. I I don't yeah. look at it as taking a turn to negative town. I looked at it as looking back and kind of laughing at what transpired. I got you. All right. So there's your question of the week of all time. Who is the worst Buccaneers free agent signing? Are we talking about re-signing as well? Or just does this have to be guys that were not in the franchise signed to become part of the franchise? Yeah, no re-signings. Okay. So no re-signing. So only new additions to the franchise at the time of their signing. Yeah. We're talking about guys like Carl Nix, Alvin Harper. Options are limitless, people. So go ahead and send those calls in to 813-444-5841. Or you can send us a voice memo or an email to LockedOnBucksPodcast at gmail.com. Make sure you're checking out everything going on over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you're following along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore nation hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day stay safe stay healthy wash your hands be good to one another and let's go illinois fighting illini and we thank you so much for joining us right here at locked on bucks